Hey everybody, welcome to the second edition of the Post Political Podcast. My name is Derek Britton, and I've got a great show for you today. Uh, we are going to be talking with Billy Uku Jr. of the End the Two Party System Movement. Um, first off, I want to introduce to, well, yeah, bring in the uh, Burn and Vermin Festival. So tomorrow night and into uh, Saturday, uh, Vermin Supreme is hosting a uh, festival with um, music comedy uh, panel talking about mutual aid and uh, a couple of really cool uh, um, special guests that you don't want to miss. Uh, definitely check it out. I will put the link in the comments uh, for you to go and check out the event. But yeah, check out Burn and Vermin this weekend. It's going to be a blast and uh, I'm going to be there and check out a bunch of stuff and, and uh, watch as well. I'm pretty excited about it. But uh, tonight we got, like I said, Billy uh, Uku Jr. of the, the two-party system uh, movement. Let's bring him in. Hey, how you doing, Billy? How are you doing today? Good, good. Yeah, so I figured I, I'd start out, we can talk a little bit about um, kind of your political journey and how you got here. Um, you know, people don't typically end up right off the bat in the, in the you know, third party world and, and uh, they kind of make their journey here in different ways. And I'd love to hear uh, kind of how you ended up here. Well, I guess it really starts off in 2016 uh, after the Bernie Sanders uh, debacle thing. So originally, uh, my whole life, I've been a Democrat. Um, yep. I voted for Bernie, or I I supported Bernie in 2016, originally. When all that happened with Hillary, um, I was really frustrated. So I actually ended up making a YouTube channel called Left Side Network. Uh, from there, I actually met up with a guy named Jeff for Justice. He also had a YouTube channel. I don't know if you've heard of him before. Yep. From, from there, we formed a group of other YouTubers called No More Two-Party System. While I was in that group, I gained a lot of mentorship uh, from Jeff. And also I learned a lot about the ins and outs of politics, uh, nonprofit organizations, movements in general. Yep. Uh, so I guess that inspired me making and the two party system. Um, oh, that's great. Where we are today. No, that's great. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely sounds uh, similar. I mean, I was probably just uh, one election earlier, I guess. Uh, I, I voted for Obama. I was a Democrat as well, uh, voted for Obama and uh, really felt hurt with the uh, immigration platform that he ran uh, where he deported more people than anyone in the history of uh, the presidency and uh, also the uh, the war stances that he had he uh, really brought us into and, and continue to perpetuate the endless wars that we've been going on since 9 11 and really since the country's been founded to be honest uh, so yeah it's sounds you know very similar story i think uh, and i i, I did uh, partially uh, Kind of I had one foot in the Bernie movement and one foot in the uh, libertarian movement at the time. Uh, the Bernie thing was kind of the final, final straw. I mean, Obama really was that final straw for me. But, um, you know, I did like uh, some of the uh, original authenticity and some of the stuff that Bernie was saying. Uh, some of it panned out and some of it didn't. Some of it ended up being uh, just kind of more political pandering, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what the, the future of uh, kind of that party is going to look like where the insurgence of folks like, you know, the squad, the AOCs of the world and all those folks as well. So, yeah, definitely. Um, and also, I didn't mention, too, in my story, I ended up becoming green. So um, I voted for Jill Stein that election. Yep. And I voted for Howie Hawkins this election. Just to oh, OK. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I uh, I voted in the last couple of elections uh, for the Libertarian Party, and I have a lot of friends in the Green Party as well. And I think there is a lot that can be done um, kind of together. I think one of the big things that are missed is, you know, we, we tend to fight for those 
uh, one, two, five, six percent, you know, at the bottom. And at the end of the day, you know, in the presidential election, that's there to help um, show people that they exist, that the Green Party, the Libertarian Party, those those parties exist and, and can do something and are a voice of change and can help push, uh, you know, the, polit the the duopoly in a direction that we'd like them to like to see them. Um, but I think at the end of the day, some of the, the lower, um, you know, local level and state level candidates, I really think I would love to see a future where uh, the Green Party and the Libertarian Party and, you know, the Constitution Party, the Progressive Party, uh, the Democratic Socialists of America, they got together and backed one candidate or, uh, you know, one uh, ballot initiative that uh, in a state or something that everyone could, you know, criminal justice reform is something that all of those parties typically agree for the most part on. And Definitely. it would be wonderful to see, you know, uh, people joining in arms and kind of coming together to, you know, end the failed drug war or uh, end uh, civil asset forfeiture or qualified immunity or whatever you want to go after. Um, mm -hmm. I just think there's a there's a ton there. And um, I'd like to hear what you think about some of the, you know, some of those kind of joint systems. And so, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing anyway. Um I think what I think it would be better if um, all these parties were able to support, like you said, maybe a single initiative like a campaign finance reform, uh, you know, electoral reform uh, and ending the war on drugs, et cetera. These are things that I think we should try to. Uh, I guess, make other third parties aware that we should like work together for. Yeah. So more or less, that's my opinion on that. Yeah. And what do you think about like running a candidate? I know that's the harder, the ballot initiative, I think would probably be the easier uh, kind of first step into some of those uh, joint discussions. But, um, you know, if there was, let's say sheriff, uh, for instance, the uh, Vermin Supreme Institute, we, there's a political arm uh, we run called uh, Disrupt the Vote. Uh, and we backed a Green Party candidate for uh, sure. I mean, it's nonpartisan anyways, the VSI uh, movement, but a lot of folks that were uh, libertarians, worked on this campaign and was, were really excited to, to help, uh, Freya Odenkirk, uh, Odin's daughter. Uh, she, she ran a, a very, uh, exciting writing campaign and probably had one of the biggest writing turnouts ever in, in, uh, Denton County, Texas. And, uh, you know, sheriff is something that it doesn't, uh, it doesn't have a ton of fiscal policy tied to it. So there's not a, a lot of places to disagree with. Um, yeah. and I think things like that could be fun, you know, to, to do joint ventures, I guess, with. You know, and actually, that's a really good idea. It, and and if we saw something like that, we would definitely support it, hundred percent. That's great. So you you alluded to a couple of times the end the two party system movement. I, you know, I, when I introduced you, I talked a little bit about that as well. Um, let's dive into that a little bit. I, I'd love to hear you know your thoughts on where we're, you're at today, and then kind of where you want to bring this to in the future, and kind of different initiatives that you guys want to take on. Okay, so right now we've been. Um, growing the group, trying to fundraise so we can actually get uh, it established as a 501c4 nonprofit organization. So we're about we're at about 3,000 people so far. Um, our plans after we turn it into a nonprofit organization really more or less is to focus on education, uh, okay. partnering with YouTubers, because I really believe the power of, of media is mainly going to be on social media. Yep. So I think that we should, if we want to get younger people, we're going to have to get things that they're interested in and you know, obviously incorporate into what we're talking about. So like getting YouTubers, getting celebrities, uh, making videos, memes, whatever the case may be, just to dominate the airwaves pretty much. And yeah. then second, secondly, obviously, um, we're trying to work on lobbying uh, politicians so that we can, like like we said, get uh, initiatives that we all support put on the ballot and pass. 
Yeah, that's great. No, and I think I think there's a lot to be done, especially education wise, to kind of get the the word out about different third parties and what they represent, and kind of the uh, some of the politicians, I guess, that are running local elections. I feel like a lot of people, uh, you know, they pay attention, especially every four years during the presidential elections when it's you know a really big. Um, kind of crazy, exciting uh, uh, election to go to, but the the midterms and also any of the down ballot candidates, even during some of those elections, really don't get as much uh, of a mention. And I feel like that's where a lot of the wins can come from. That's where, at least in, you know, the Libertarian Party, where I've seen, we, we had, you know, we have 200 and something folks in local offices all around the country. Um, that's a lot more of the success that we typically see than, you know, at that big national scale. And I think, you know, there's, a lot of work to be done to get there. And I think we've talked about a little bit of it, you know, kind of joining forces with some of the other uh, parties and stuff, but um, yeah, just trying to get those, those names out there. And and I think it'd be a really good, good first step in trying to bring in those new voters uh, from the different parties. And definitely uh, what we're focusing on mainly right now is actually 2022 and like state and local elections. So yep. we're really just trying to like, pretty much blow up the news feeds with stuff like this so that for one people can see the movement once people see the movement everything else will fall in place you know we're gonna we're planning on opening state and local branches so yep. we're going to be definitely uh, promoting local and state candidates and not just like i said green constitution party libertarian party whatever whoever's running at the time so yeah oh absolutely we're, we can't win without winning uh state and local elections yeah absolutely and you know pushing the message in a kind of an anti-authoritarian uh perspective i think helps as well like exactly and that's like i said i think that's something that a lot of the third parties really can join in on and um we i think we're given a unique opportunity right now where we've seen you know a, a few uh candidates or the past president let's say uh very uh heavily authoritarian i mean i think it's been going on for much longer than that uh for sure but we've we've seen it at least covered now by the the national media that these authoritarian policies are infringing on people's rights, you know, all over the place. Um, and I think it gives us an opportunity to be that voice of uh, the people, I guess, and, and the voice of uh, individuals instead of uh, kind of these large uh, government institutions that are kind of really pushing people's uh, uh, civil rights um, further and further down, I guess, the the priority ladder. So. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's why people are listening, because obviously everybody agrees with that. Nobody wants an author authoritarian government. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it's true. It's true. And um, so, yeah, so I, I have a couple of uh, some other questions, I guess, that I think would be a good way to uh, to, to learn a little bit more about some of the, the future programs, I guess, you want to you want to be doing and uh, kind of your thoughts on just in general, working within the political system and then kind of outside of the political system. Um, you know, one of the things that we try and focus on in a few of the, the projects I'm working with is mutual aid programs and really trying to do things uh, on a person to person or intern, you know, in inside of a community uh, uh, system. Um, do you guys think about sponsoring anything like that or is it um, more focused, I guess, on the political aspect of it? Um, um, it's mainly focused on the political aspect of it, but we will be supporting things like that, of course, especially when we open our state and local branches. Oh, yeah. Anything that's in the area that's going on that helps the people will definitely be supporting it. Personally, me and myself, I do support a lot of these organizations. Uh, I just helped one in the local DMD area called uh, Helping Hands like a few minutes ago. Yep. I think I, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell me more a little bit about the, the Helping Hands organization. That sounds pretty neat. 
So Helping Hands basically is an organization here in the DMV. I believe it's based in Maryland. And they're pretty much trying to uh, gather as much money as they can for Christmas so they can get toys for kids that are less less fortunate in the area, kids that won't be able to have uh, proper Christmas. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So we're going to be working to distribute these toys across these three states. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's that's a – and it's, it's such a, a good time to um, – kind of have, I think people are, are more generally in kind of that giving mood um, and, and willing to, to offer uh, more um, during this time. So I think it's, a, it's always a great opportunity to try and bring people into those types of organizations and um, kind of keep people interested throughout. And I think that's, um, you know, talking, I guess, more on not the negative aspects, but some of the challenges that we face, uh, especially in the third party uh, systems uh, that we kind of operate in is retention. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of people, like I said, super excited during these the, the four year uh, presidential stints and then they're gone. You know, you, you don't typically see them very often afterwards. And even in mutual aid uh, um programs and stuff, you'll see one big project kind of kick everyone off. There'll be hundreds of people, you know, looking to volunteer and donate their time and effort um, and, and sometimes uh, dollars. And then uh, after that major effort is gone or the holiday season or whatever, it just kind of goes up. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about like trying to, you know, how do we retain some of these folks after the presidential election cycle? And, and what do we do to um, kind of keep their interest, keep them excited and kind of give them more programs to work with? My opinion, the media. The media is going to do it because that's what everybody does all the time. Everybody's on their phone all the time. I think we need to stop making politics so boring. And that's the reason why many young people are not interested. You know, so like I said, partnering with YouTubers, just even making funny videos, you know, yep. it, it, it brings attention to what's going on. And I, that's what I think media. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, a perfect um, kind of, or segue or whatever into the vermin. So I don't know if you've uh, done a, a ton of, in, uh, if you've looked into or, or seen a ton of the Vermin Supreme stuff that that he does, uh, he's a satirical uh, uh, kind of activist and uh, political candidate. He runs for president uh, every four years. And this last time uh, he ran a uh, legitimate race uh, for the libertarian nomination. And yeah, uh, yeah he, he brings in a ton of, you know, comedy and uh, kind of shows a fun contrast to the the suit and tie uh, politics that we see every day exactly and you know i think he actually oh, i'm sorry to cut you off oh no, no actually, i just wanted to get your take on it so yeah yeah he actually does a perfect job at it you see how everybody even people that aren't even into politics they know who vermin supreme is so that he's doing his job perfectly exactly oh, and uh no actually i have i've looked and i've been following vermin supreme for a long time obviously i, mean, I think everybody knows about it but the Institute, I haven't done too much research about the Institute that you're involved with there. Yeah, and that just kicked off this last year. Um, there's three main arms. There's uh, the political arm uh, that does uh, help. The, it's called Disrupt the Vote. So they, they run basically disruptive candidates in uh, very, um, ex, you know, winnable races, exciting races, or races that they can change the narrative. Um, so if there's, if there's really... Um, someone horrible, you know, running in the duopoly, uh, and there's a candidate that uh, is going to really make waves and, and change uh, the the rhetoric that kind of keeps going on year after year. Uh, we try and help support them in any way that we can. Um, we have an education, you know, we talked earlier about education and how that's so important. Uh, we have a large education group uh, headed by Ashley Shade, and uh, basically trying to teach. Um, so forgotten history and, and, you know, things that you never learned in high school or, or junior high or whatever that did happen. They, they just 
uh, kind of glossed over it because it wasn't the pretty history that they wanted to teach about America. 60% of history. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, just highlighting things like uh, they're doing a big women in politics uh, uh, piece right now. Um, there's a ton of stuff kind of slated to come out in the next year. Um, mm. And then uh, the last one is public works. So it's, uh, you know, working with existing mutual aid programs and uh, new and then creating some mutual aid programs kind of within the Institute. Uh, and having different initiatives, basically, that we can sponsor uh, with our, you know, Berman Supreme has a, such a big reach with a social media presence and all that, that we can really uh, help highlight these wonderful programs that are happening. Um, there's one right now uh, called Dulap's uh, Homeless Backpacks. So in, um, in Texas, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, they basically build these uh, backpacks with all different kinds of supplies in it from uh, sanitary supplies to food to uh, some uh, you know blankets and things like that put it in a backpack and they distribute them through uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area um, and yeah the, we we're just basically trying to help provide them with resources and a little bit of promotion and actual f you know physical people I'm the volunteer coordinator for it so I try and funnel people basically into those programs as best as possible that sounds awesome. You got to send me the link for that later on. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk a lot, a lot more about it. Um, there, it's, it's been a great organization to start up. The, the, the um, politics piece did take some time, you know, when we originally launched because it was during that election cycle. Um, mm -hmm. But now we are able to focus a lot more on some of the mutual aid programs and stuff that we're trying to uh, promote and grow and um, trying to, I guess, branch out into different areas in the United States. So. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds amazing. <laughs> and and um, yeah, on, on that note, I guess, too, on the and kind of back, I guess, to the, some of the mutual aid stuff. Um, what do you think about too? like how much I, I always talk about this with with a bunch of friends of mine, how much can be done uh, inside of electoral politics, even with, you know, winning candidates uh, and, and winning races locally at the, that state and local level versus how much can we do? outside of the, the political system and, and what kind of an impact do you think we can make on people's lives, I guess, in both um, realms? Well, um, in terms of third parties, inside the electoral system is a little difficult, obviously, because the rules set in place. Um, outside of it, I think really just getting people, making sure that people are aware, obviously, of what's going on, not just that there's other third parties, but the barriers against them. That's what most people don't know. They, they think that there's other third parties and they, they just can't win. It's not the case. Um, that, yeah, really, I think that's just the biggest issue, just making sure people know. Yeah. I don't really see anything else that can be done. Um, donating donating, and uh, supporting certain organizations, nonprofits that are going to make changes like mine and the Burma Supreme Institute. Uh, yeah. That's all. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think, you know, I think there's, there's, uh, it's, it's tough to have those big calls to action. And I mean, especially right now, I feel like uh, COVID has thrown in a whole nother monkey wrench into especially the uh, mutual aid programs where you need volunteers physically at a location to help yeah. with um, some of the homeless camps or, uh, you know, anything, really anything that, that you physically need someone there at, at an event. Uh, it's really thrown a, a big monkey wrench in this year. So massive, um, massive yeah, monkey wrench. what's that? Say it again. That's a massive monkey wrench. Massive yeah. Monkey wrench. yeah. And it's, you know, you, you try and get people, like you said, I think social media plays a huge aspect into that, trying to bring people in that way. That's it, something they can do from home. That's something that they can, um, 
talk about, I guess, uh, and educate people um, beyond their little bubbles. Uh, but I do worry that we we run into those, uh, you know, echo chambers, as they say, and we're mm-hmm. talking to the same people who are already excited about third parties. Um, right. What's kind of give me some ideas, I guess you have, or some ways that you think we can pull from the existing uh, major parties. How do we peel people off from those, uh, you know, Democrats and Republicans and uh, kind of funnel them into, you know, learning about these third party? How do we get them there, basically? I think we need to, for one, make sure that people can see the records of the people that they're voting for and that they don't forget about them. It seems like every few years people forget about what (laughs) their candidates have done. Number two, I think that, um, I think that we should just, I'm not exactly sure how to put this. Yeah, no worries. Um, I think, yeah, it's just, it's just mainly, it's just mainly an education thing, education thing there. Uh, yeah, and it's difficult. I mean, it's it, it, trying to get people away from, and they've, you know, I, I think if, if nothing else, the, the, the two major parties have done such a significantly good job at marketing, uh, yeah. and negative marketing, especially. So they've built up this entire system, red versus blue, uh, my team versus your team. And there's no, they, they silence voices just in that fear mongering, I guess, of if you don't pick my person, then your person, then their person is going to win. And their person wants all these horrible things that uh, are typically never true about that candidate or, yeah. or far, you know, uh, reaches for, for one particular policy point or whatever. Um, yeah. And, and something I wanted to add on top of that too, as well, yeah. is also creating contrast so that people can see the difference between other countries and other systems and the way that they handle them too, as well. Cause I feel like Americans have, for one, they don't know enough about other countries and the way that they do things. Number two, they have a fear. <laughs> of what other countries do they think it's just communism automatically or it's not the case you know right we're pretty so yeah i think that that would help a lot as well yeah you could see what other countries had yeah and i i'd love that as well like i i try and keep myself as educated as possible but doing a lot of work on campaigns and in in the uh, american system i'm definitely well way more well versed in that system and i don't get as much time, I guess, to research and do all of the uh, the digging about other other um, systems that are established in other countries. I, I learn, you know, when someone throws out an uh, anecdotal uh, uh, example about how this could run in this country, you know, healthcare in Singapore or even uh, South Korea or the economy in uh, um, some of the uh, Norwegian countries and, and yeah, it's just, or the, in Norway or, or some of the uh, Nordic countries. Um, I think there's, there's a lot to be learned that, uh, and I, I feel myself being in the, you know, interested in politics and and trying to understand as much as I can. I don't feel like I know enough about other uh, electoral systems or economic systems or anything else that are really done in a lot of the other countries in the world. Yeah. It's a lot to take in and they don't really teach us much, a lot about that in, American school system. So right. I feel like I feel like if the American school system started teaching more about politics, the different forms of government more in depth, I feel like that would make a massive difference, especially with the newer generations coming. Yeah. And that might be an interesting idea. I mean, I don't know uh, if uh, you've built out the full initiative set or whatever for the end of the two, uh, two party system uh, movement and, and eventual uh, nonprofit. But I think that would be a huge reason. My wife is actually a public school teacher. Um, and, and one of the things that uh, uh, teachers could, I think, 
utilize very well is a, kind of a guide or a, uh, a, a example lesson plan of how to do something for, you know, let take the EU and take a handful of countries or take, um, you know, some other massive uh, political uh, system and, and expound upon that a little bit so that we can kind of hand them the resources uh, and make them readily available for them to teach. And, you know, that's crazy that you even said that because I didn't know teachers didn't have that already. So. <laughs> so there's some, I mean, there's definitely some of it. There's a lot of, you know, paid resources available. And especially now with um, a lot of uh, people uh, moving to the, the uh, remote teaching and stuff, there's a lot more resources that have been put out there. But for the most part, I mean, uh, teachers are really pushed to do a lot of their own research and a lot of their own uh, digging on a lot of those subjects. And I think, you know, there's only so much that they can do, they have time for, they uh, right. are equipped to do. And I think having some of these resource packs of, you know, when you do a, even just the, the simplest thing of when you do a mock election for uh, your classroom in your, your civics or history classes or whatever, don't just do the Democrats and Republicans. There's other parties. Here's some of the other parties. Here's some literature about the other parties. And just try to make that kind of a widespread uh, resource for a lot of different teachers. I think that would be a huge, uh, great thing that the and the two-party system uh, uh, group could do. And you know what? Yeah, I, did, I guess I really didn't pitch on everything that we're planning to do. So when we open our state and local branches, we will be having on-ground volunteers that will be going from community to community, probably bringing pamphlets, I'm assuming, that have information about all the parties barriers, et cetera, yep. state uh, laws, you know, in that state. So we're definitely planning on doing that, no, no doubt. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And also to pitch on another thing, we do have a list of our initiatives on our website, www.andthetwopartysystem.org. Um, mainly we're supporting ranked choice voting, uh, campaign finance reform, electoral reform, things of, the, of that nature. Yeah, I was bummed. We uh, So we had ranked choice voting come up in this, uh, it was a ballot initiative in this last um, election uh, in the state of Massachusetts. And I voted for it, supported it, uh, tried to help volunteer a little bit and, and do what oh, I yeah. could uh, for it. But it, it ended up losing in Massachusetts. Yeah. And uh, that was a big loss. I, I felt that one pretty, pretty directly. Um, um, and it was, you know, really state and local elections. It wasn't going to be national elections. Um, and, and it was really a first step to help people learn and understand. Uh, but I think as we've touched on numerous times, the education piece is, is is the big piece that's missing. I don't think enough people were educated about what it looks like, what a ballot would look like, how it would happen. You know what what are some of the uh, the the ways that it could. I think there was a lot of misinformation about the ways that it could help or hurt the candidates that they wanted to win, kind of thing. Oh, definitely. And I think even at this point, majority of Americans don't even know about ranked choice voting. Right in the first place let alone third parties. So, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think too, you know, that's the, we talked earlier about uh, what, what we can do to uh, work together and, and kind of bridge those gaps between the different third parties. And I think ranked choice voting is a great first step in, in doing some of that. I mean, that it really does, I think at least, and I've seen some controversial uh, or not controversial, some, some um, negative uh, uh, feelings about it and some data that's loosely tied to it, but I haven't seen enough to really sway my opinion. Uh, but I, I believe it's it's nothing but a win for small uh, third party uh, candidates. I think, especially in local elections, it gives us a, a bigger platform, a bigger voice um, to in someone in, in the ability for someone to be able to write that name or, or check that box uh, without worrying about, oh, the other person's going to win that I don't want to win or whatever. So, no, definitely. It makes a huge difference. It's better than where we are. 
<laughs> That's exactly. for sure. So, I mean, obviously there's better systems. I've heard of like star, uh, star voting and um, approval voting, yep. which are better. But I mean, if we can make any moves, it's better than nothing. Yeah, and I, I think even just changing the system, I think people think in the, their minds that we've had this system forever. There's never gonna, there's never been a change in the uh, voting system or the election system. And there has been significant changes throughout the entirety of the history of America. And I think even highlighting some of those and showing, hey, you know, this is an uh, evolution. This is not a uh, one and, you know, the Constitution wasn't written and then that's it. There was no more uh, laws or anything changed or, I mean, it, we'd probably be better off if there was not a ton of extra stuff added to it. Yeah, but at yeah. the end of the day, uh, we 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 ended up in a place where um, we've changed and evolved the country significantly since then. And we need to continue to evolve. We can't be stuck in this is the way it's always been and we're never going to change. Uh, okay. We need to make sure that people are getting a bigger voice than corporations, for instance, or, um, you know, the the dollars that are funneled into some of these major campaigns aren't basically buying the votes uh, at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And on that, I mean, do you have any idea? The the last thing I kind of want to really hit on, and this is something that I don't have a great answer. So if you don't, don't feel bad, but I, I just, I want to ask this of anyone that comes on because I think this is a major hurdle. Um, and I think campaign finance reform could get us somewhere there, but at the end of the day, Democrats and Republicans raise 10, 100, sometimes a thousand times what our, our local candidates can raise, um, especially on the national level. That's just insane what the national candidates run. But even at the, the state and local levels, we're seeing, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars being funneled into these campaigns where third party voters are. I mean, third party candidates are, are typically bringing in single digit thousands, maybe ten, twenty thousand dollars um, which is still a lot of money and a, a good way to get there. But how do we bring in uh, donors? I mean, that's that's kind of the nitty gritty, you know, back uh, round stuff that people don't think a lot about. But it's so necessary when it comes to winning these these really uh, uh, local and state elections. In my opinion, um, I think I think the easiest way is to get businesses on board, get small local businesses on board, let them know that by opening up the system, it would help them a lot more. It, it would allow less corporate power, which allow their businesses to grow. You know, I think we should probably have like in our organization, when we get everything established, we're obviously going to meet up with a lot of these people, probably have a massive meeting, you know, explain how they're going to make money from it. And, you know, I, every, money drives them. So yep. essentially that's what's going to get people to agree is by letting them know that more money will be in their pockets this way. And it won't yep. and it won't just be for the businesses; it'll be for the citizens too as well, because they'll spend more at these local businesses. So, in my opinion, that's the best way. No, I, I absolutely agree. And trying to keep some of that money locally in their community, I think, is such a big piece that people miss on. You know, trying to drive, and I, you know, I, I think we probably differ slightly on some of the economic policy pieces, but not entirely. I don't think. And, no. But I, I think driving a lot of those dollars spent within their local communities is going to do nothing more than, than just uh, grow uh, the, the amount of jobs that are offered in that community. The, exactly. the uh, how nice the neighborhoods get, how like all of that will be driven out of uh, trying to drive more businesses out of the big box stores, the amazons.com, the, you know, all these major massive corporations and into these small businesses. And we need to give them an opportunity to succeed right now they're having a really hard time succeeding and we're seeing low. I mean, at least locally here in Massachusetts, I'm seeing a lot of local businesses have to close their doors uh, due yeah. to COVID and stuff. And it's, 
it's sad and I, I don't know how we, we recover, but I really want to be there to make sure um, we're driving policy, we're driving um, promotion and education to help those uh, those small businesses. So I love that you brought that up. That's, that's a great, great point. Yeah, I've actually been thinking about it for a while. Obviously, in the type of business that we're going to be into, it's very important to understand that. Yeah. So um, we're, we're right up against uh, the, the 30 minute mark. I want to know if you have anything else that you want to talk about with the, uh, the program in, in um, uh, nonprofit that you're running. You can drive people to uh, your website. We can put the uh, link in the comments after we're done. And um, yeah, if there's anything else, let, you know, let's, let's hear what you have to, what you have to say. Well, basically, yeah, just come check us out. Check out our website, www.andthetwopartysystem.org. Check out our initiatives. Um, we plan to do a lot more, so just stay tuned to our Facebook group too as well if you haven't already on uh, it's and the two-party system at Facebook. Um, also, I plan, and maybe in 2022, maybe to run for a city council or a position here in Fairfax County, Virginia. So pay attention to that too as well. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. And I... Uh... I really appreciate having you on. I appreciate, we've talked, uh, you know, before this as well, a lot online and I appreciate all the help and uh, support that you've given me in the, the podcast, you know, that I'm starting here and, and I hope to uh, do a ton more in the future with you, Billy. I think this is uh, really great what you're doing and I, I really respect and, and um, uh, want to help uh, promote and share and educate with you. I'd love to build that bridge with you. So thank you. It was great being on here and I hope we can definitely do that. Awesome. All right. Well, I will uh, see you soon. We'll talk soon, I'm sure. And uh, I will drop that link in the comments after we're done. And uh, I hope you have a great night. All right, you too, boss. Thank Thanks. So that's what we have for you for the second episode of the Post-Political Podcast. Again, I am Derek Britton, and that was Billy Uku Jr. of the End the Two-Party System uh, nonprofit. And I hope everyone had a great night and enjoyed what we had to talk about. If you have any comments or questions, please drop them in the comments. Um, Billy or I will go in and uh, help respond to a lot of the stuff that's there. So if you have anything that we didn't cover or something that we did cover that you'd like to learn more about, please ask there and we will go back and, and, and mention it before, uh, mentioning you again and, and kind of respond to what you have. Um, if you are looking for the podcast, we are now on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We are all over the place. Um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Um, you can find us everywhere, mostly at Post uh, Political Podcast. You can see the links down in the bottom corner here. Uh, I am Derek Britton. I appreciate everyone being here tonight, and I will talk to you next week.